Hey, welcome back to another edition of the Five Tool Podcast. I'm Dustin McComas, joined once again, as always, uh, by Drew Bishop. And Drew, I've got the Padres hat on. I'm getting ready. We're heading out to San Diego soon. Um, have you ever been to Arico before? Uh, I played in it. Oh, um, oh. Yeah, well, back in I guess the summer flex, of two thousand three. Hey, well, I have <laughs> I have two fun. Two, if you're wondering, I definitely did not play there. <laughs> I have two funny stories from it. One of them is making fun of myself, and the other is kind of along some of the themes that we're going to talk about of like guys that this is their coming out party on the national stage. Yeah. Um. And so, but the funny thing for me was that. I was a, I was a good pitcher, but my prospect status, uh, I was a, a better pitcher at a younger age, but my prospect status um, as a, as a going into college type player would have been probably been better as an outfielder. Cause I could really run. And so when I, when we did the area code tryout, this was kind of new. It wasn't as, as big of a thing as it is now. It was a little bit more exclusive, but they flip they used to do the bullpens in the morning at the tryout mm-hmm. and then the position guys and then the game and so i threw a pin i made the game and so they were they kind of said hey you already made the game there's no reason to go through the position player stuff and i was like oh okay scouts telling me this sure well you know do whatever so i didn't go through that and then i was like afterwards i I made the team and I got to thinking, I was like, shoot, like I didn't even get to run a 60 in front of a lot of these guys. Mm -hmm. And this was a back before, you know, like you weren't heavily scouted until about this time in your career. Yeah. Um, At at that point, you know, there wasn't a lot of the early recruiting and the early scouting type stuff and events like that. But so I went out to long beach and I was, you know, I am not desperate, but let's call it desperate to run the 60. Mm -hmm. Um, and so they had a big workout for all the position players the day before it started where they ran sixties and got measured and all that. But, you know, for, for those, uh, height challenged, uh, individuals out there, that six foot mark is the magic number. Mm-hmm. And so in the program, I was always six foot and that's what I always listed and all that when I, you know, I'm a little bit closer to the five ten mark. Um, yeah, <laughs> but in the program, six foot. Yeah. <laughs> so I asked the scouts, I was like, Hey, is there any way I can go to the workout and run the 60 and all that? And they said, yeah, sure. You know, you just got to show up, check in, do all that. And I said, okay, great. So I go and they like there, that was where they got the official measurements. And so that's where, you know, they didn't do that for the pitchers that didn't go through this combine. Mm -hmm. And so they measured me. And so I got that height, didn't think anything of it, which was five, nine at the time. Um, and so then I go out and run the 60 and I ran a, I ran a six, five that day, Wow! Um, but got smoked by the fastest guy in the tournament, Greg Golson. So oh. that was, and if you remember Greg, like oh, yeah. that day, he, he ran a, a, either like a six, two, six or, or like low six, three. Mm-hmm. And like, and so that was kind of like, they're like, okay, you really want to run the 60 big guy. Here you go. Yeah. Like, little guy, little guy, I guess. Uh, but so I go out there and get smoked, but still ran a good time. And then my first outing, uh, in the actual games the next day, I was the third pitcher following Homer Bailey, Giovanni Gallardo, and then me. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So they and probably so didn't, didn't notice it. They didn't notice any difference. That didn't help at all. <laughs> and th- my next story has to do with that. But so, but I get up on the mound and over the loudspeaker, I hear them go now pitching for the Texas Rangers drew bishop and there's a correction to the program he measured five nine over all the the loudspeaker and i just remember my like heart sinking and like i felt like every radar gun that was up behind the plate just got put away right they just hit the off button yeah yeah we'll we'll go get a drink (laughs) put put it back in the backpack (laughs) yeah yeah but then so homer bailey was like the big headliner of the entire event he was the guy that everybody was there to see and nobody really knew who Giovanni was at the time, except for some local people. Um, Cause he was you know, like a small, was he like Fort worth kind of off the yeah, path high Trimble, school kind of thing? Trimble tech. Like okay. he was at a school that catcher couldn't catch him. He had over a hundred strikeouts and lost every game, you know, just like, and, but there were a few scouts that had seen him and were aware of him. Um, but so Homer throws like three or four pitches in the first inning 
and is and goes down with like tweaks his knee. And mm-hmm. so they, everyone rushes out there. They're like, Hey, we're, you're done. You know? And he wanted yeah. to stay out there, but they were like, we're not taking that chance. They're like, Hey, Giovanni, how fast can you get ready? And he was like, Oh, I'm not, give me a couple throws. So he doesn't warm up at all in the bullpen. He goes to the game mound, throws like three, like half speed pitches. And he's like, I'm good. I'm good. And everyone's like, no, no, no. You have as much time as you need. And he was like, oh, I'm good. Thumbs up. And, um, and so it's like, and nobody really knew who he was except for a couple of the local scouts, the area guys from Texas, but he proceeded to go 94, 95, 96. And like the buzz in the stadium in like a five minute span was just insane. So it's, it's crazy how an event like this can really springboard someone onto that national scene, you know, for, especially for some kids who are local, um, you know, locally known, but not, yeah. not a big household name, like your Blake Mitchells and Max Clarks and guys like that. But it'll, so I, I'm really curious to see who that is, um, who that is for the Texas team and all the teams mm-hmm. really. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a great opportunity for guys to get out in front of people that are decision makers, you know, yes. and, um, and see how you stack up. And, you know, I think ultimately, you know, you came to the, to your final say in, putting jet number one because of the way he performed in this right. event, the way he handled the good pitching. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's exciting. Get to go out and see some kids that are, you know, that, that we've seen some of, but we get to see them compete against the absolute best and get to see some fresh new names about from kids that are out of state that we've heard of and um, see what it's all about. So excited for the next week. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, flying. I'm, I fly out on Sunday, um, get there for that first, uh, so the way area code works is they'll have the the upper class, you know, the guys that are going to be seniors. Um, they do their thing, play some games. Um, and then the underclass group, those guys are going to be juniors coming after that and, and do the same thing. You know, it's basically like, it's kind of a tournament without calling it a tournament, but um, it's probably the biggest, it's not probably, it is the biggest scouting event for high school players and it really kind of kicks off the cycle of, hey, you guys in the 2023 class are the focus now, uh, especially now that the draft is in mid-July, which everybody who works in baseball hates because they get a later start on the on the next crop of players. But uh, this is this is the big, you know, because by this point, you know, we've seen a bunch of area guys at, at you know, at the Mattingly and some other events and things like that. You, you have a pretty good feel four guys, but this is kind of, all right, let, let's see, you know, cause we're, we're here all week. There's going to be GMs there, scouting directors, cross checkers, area scouts, college coaches. There are going to be a ton of people there, a ton of evaluation eyes. And um, I'm just looking forward to it. Cause it's like, there's nowhere to hide. Like you're going to see good pitching and good hitting and good defense every single game. Like it's, it's good right. on good. And even in, in some of the like the best events that we have, you don't always get that. You know, can this guy actually hit like mid 90s velocity? Can he time it? Can this guy beat good hitting and that sort of thing? So uh, I'm fired up because I'm a wannabe scout. I'm a scouting nerd. Um, I, I follow this stuff religiously and that's always how I viewed the game. So I'm, I'm really, really looking forward to uh, to heading out to San Diego for the area code event. And uh, I've never covered it. So that's going to kind of be a, a new element, but we're hoping to um, definitely cover it as much as we can from a writing component, from a podcast component, from a video component, um, from an analysis standpoint. Um, you know, we're going to treat this as as kind of a um, a Super Bowl, for lack of a better phrase, in terms of you know trying to get as much out of this as we possibly can. But um, I, I'm I'm super fired up, and uh, it's I'm also fired up because. San Diego is a an amazing city. Yeah, we're we're gonna go from how many consecutive days of, of 100 degree weather? Too you know, many. Watching a ton of games to that perfect weather, probably the best weather in the United States. And also too, like, there's a, gonna be such a buzz in San Diego because of the Juan Soto Josh Bell deal. Like, I watched that game last night. Um, the the Padres and the Rockies and. Petco was like a different level of electric. 
People yeah. were on their feet first pitch, chaining let's go Padres, just like like people didn't sit down until like the fifth inning. Like Brandon Jury, another acquisition into Grand Slam his first at bat. Um, it was like like there was a, a different buzz. People were lining up around the stadium to get in the game. So um that's gonna be really fun to be, you know, we're such big baseball fans to be in San Diego while they're experiencing yeah. Um, all of that in the Juan Soto Josh Bell acquisition. Um, it's question: it's, Are are you going to have the Juan Soto jersey before we go to San Diego, <laughs> or are you buying it in San Diego? I joked with somebody. I go, there's there there's a greater than zero percent chance um, I have too many cocktails and buy the Juan Soto City Connect San Diego jersey. Which if you oh, if man. you haven't seen the City Connect San Diego jerseys, they're ridiculous. They're ridiculous in like a very San Diego, I think a good way, but they are absolutely ridiculous. And I was like, oh God, I know what's going to happen. Like I'm going to get fired up and have a couple of cocktails. Like, yeah, give me the Juan Soto City Connect jersey. But because um, we went out, that's where Liz and I did our our uh, baby moon, for lack of a better phrase, whatever. The, the trip you take before you have your, <laughs> your kid, which, you know, for uh-huh. us was our second kid. And we went to San Diego because like, you know, we want a cheap, cheap trip um she hadn't been out there um and we like to go to baseball games if we can that's just kind of one of our things so we went out there we went to a pod our, our, pod- our things our things okay yeah well no she's she's got a list too of, of stadiums she wants to go to she loves going to them yeah. um so it's just convenient that it worked out that way but yeah uh, it was yeah. a padres dodgers game um jam-packed great atmosphere uh padres actually wanted an extra innings of the game we went to it was really cool and, um, you know, I told her, I go, we're just gonna, we're going to claim the Padres. Like that's going to be, we're going to claim it. I don't know if it's like a, a third team for me, whatever. Yeah. Is. I was like, going to say, how many yeah. teams do you get? Man, so. it's, 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 it's hard yeah. being a pirates fan right now. <laughs> like it's, it's brutal being a, being somebody that claims the pirates for, for family location reasons. Uh, I was like, hey, let's let's just claim the Padres. This is a quick trip. You know, maybe this kind of comes a yearly thing heading out to a game in San Diego because you can take when the kids get a little older, they get there's so much stuff out there. And now I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah, we're, we're claiming the Padres now. <laughs> Juan Soto, Tatis, Josh Bell, uh, Cronenworth, uh, Clevenger, Darvish, Snell, like like Musgrove. They just signed him to like you're, you're like all, you're, you're like all the NFL guys that are you know, they're now Tampa Bay Bucks. Right. Fans. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And uh, and so I was like, oh, yeah, we're definitely came in the prize now. But not to go too long on this tangent. I think that that organization is a great example of why scouting and development matters so much because they're not a huge market. You know, I think they're like 26th or 27th in terms of market size. And, you know, they're able to consistently make these trades because they're so good at scouting and developing. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I think that they're like one of the best at, kind of zigging where people zag and, and, you know, really evaluating tools and taking chances and being aggressive. And if you look at the guys they traded in the Soto deal, a lot of those guys were just picked. So it's like, it was like, Oh, they mortgaged their future. Well, what's, what's stopping them from three years from now having another, a bunch of those other guys, like they've got a guy, one of the guys they traded was in the Arizona um, complex league throwing hundred miles an hour as an 18 year old. Like yeah. they, they're just really good at going and getting those guys. So that's, that's how a team that's not the Yankees and the Red Sox and the Dodgers and the Angels, these huge markets and all this uh, big money or whatever. Um, now, granted, their owner is a big money owner. He wants to spend, spend, spend. But this is how those types of organizations can consistently get these Cowboy players. But um, we're really excited to head out there. Um, we're we're going to talk about um, – we're going to spend some time today talking about the Rangers team. So the Rangers teams are the Texas guys, although there's a couple of other Texas guys – that are on some of the other rosters as well, but we'll spend a lot of time talking about the Rangers players, um, what we're excited about, kind of some storylines we're going to follow with this, these players out there. But first off, we last episode, which feels like it was weeks ago. I, 
having two children, your, your time management and what you remember and don't remember and your concept of time is, is so different now. And we've had Jack home from daycare because they're closed for a week as they transition him, transition everybody to their new class. They kind of graduate and they move up to their next class. So he's been home all week and that's, Oh my goodness. Thank God for daycare. But, um, well, we'll talk about the Rangers teams, but we talked last podcast about the, the draft and follow concept, which is, fascinating to us and i don't think it's really been discussed that much it used to be a big deal back in the day yeah and it's kind of a part of the draft process again so you got some clarification about the draft and follow process uh from one of our favorite people on the universe who would definitely know about it yeah so sounds like each team is given a certain number of draft and follow slots so it's either two or three that wasn't clear um but Anything that you spend, you you can spend any amount on them, but it is a anything over I think two thousand twenty or two hundred twenty five thousand is applied to your two thousand twenty three pool. Okay, um, and then they it has to be a designated junior college guy. It can't be a guy that goes D one and then is then decides to go to a junior college at semester. So it has to be someone that enrolls at a junior college in the fall. And then there's a deadline on the back end um, after their junior college season um, where they can sign from there up until this date before the draft. So a little bit, a little bit more um, uh, structured than it was before, Mm -hmm. but um, just a, it'll be interesting to see how many people utilize that um, and, and see how many people were forward thinking on that when they were, filling out the last few rounds of the draft um, in that event that they could sneak a couple of these guys in their pool for next year, but it'll be interesting to follow. Um, No pun intended, I guess on the draft and follow, but yeah, just a little clarification. Uh, So, cause we were kind of making stuff up as we went last week before we caught caught ourselves. Yeah. Right. Right. Really. Let's just take some time to figure out exactly what this is, but we were talking about how the junior college baseball now is becoming a a better it's always been a good option but i think it's becoming a more attractive option to top high school players and i think this this is going to be another reason why it's another avenue for you as a prospect to get drafted um and sign for a type of bonus that guys from the 10th round on don't typically get so you're even getting more money than those guys and we'll talk about some of the recruiting stuff at the end but we're starting to see some some names already um, committing to junior college that are definitely, you know, mid-major D1, potentially high-major D1 guys that are pulling the trigger already um, to commit to to a junior college. And typically those guys are kind of later in the cycle. Um, But I I think that it's just another one of those things that, especially a state like Texas, is going to make junior college baseball more attractive and even better in terms of a talent and prospect level because of this whole draft and follow element. But um, speaking of the drafts, let's, let's discuss this 2023 Texas Rangers roster. Um, a lot of guys, I mean, if, if, if you make this roster, I mean, the roster is picked by scouts. So there's obviously some scouting interest um, in these players. Uh, they're going to go play in front of a ton of evaluators. Uh, like you mentioned early on, like this is, this is the main reason why like, I fell in love with Jet Williams because I th- if you go hit at this event, like you can hit, you know, yeah. like like if if you really stand out with the bat, I mean, there's there's going to be nothing in these guys playing the rest of the year, the uh, rest of their prep careers probably um, is going to match the talent level that they see out here at this event. So, um, you know, he went out there and it was just different. You know, the timing, the way he recognized pitches, the the barrel feel, the swing, like, and then from there it was like, boom, it just, you know, the jet was taking off, you know, ignored the pun there. Um, but that's, that's really when he established himself as a premier talent in the class. So that's, that's the opportunity all these guys are going to have out there because there's so many evaluators and it's good on good all the time. But um, it's speaking of hitters, like, you know, Ethan Mendoza, I think is a candidate to be, you know, he's not the same type of player as Jet Williams from like the, the total like, you know, scouting tool standpoint. Um, but I think that he's the 
best candidate to be that guy that just goes up there and hits. And all of a sudden people are like, Whoa, okay. We've, we've got to follow this guy because he had a fantastic year at South Lake Carroll. When this summer, he's been phenomenal at the Mattingly. We, we, you know, discussed him at length, the podcast we wrote about him. He was incredible. It was probably the best natural hitter that I, that pure hitter that I saw at that event. And then he goes to the Connie Mack world series playing against kids older than him and hits like 632, I think, like small sample, but 632, like at at that event where he's seeing some really, really good competition. So I'm excited to see him. I'm excited to see, you know, what he looks like as a hitter against this competition because I think that he's the guy that could, you know, people are talking about from just – because there's not many guys you really look at and say – that's a that's a hitter like that hit tool believe in it he can hit he's gonna hit like i think that he's the guy that's the best candidate to kind of emerge as that type of player coming out of this uh one of the guys that you know that we've talked about a lot um at, at length um on multiple different occasions that i'm excited to see out there is aiden howard mm-hmm. um just because of his trajectory throughout the spring into the summer and how he's taken off and man i mean he's a guy that just on looks alone is going to get drafted because he's a freak. Um, But he's one of those guys that, man, if he shows any production in an event like this, he's just going to take off. And I mean, I think he's, he's already really beginning to be well known in the scouting circle and has had some really good events and shown well all summer, but this might be the event that just propels him into that elite status. Cause mm. you know, we, he reminds me, I know we talked about it. He reminds me of Dexter Fowler, who is my age that I played against. Um, I, I think he's a better player, uh, better baseball player than Dexter was at this age. And Dexter was the fourth outfielder on a, on a, on a loaded East Cobb team. Um, and then was a first rounder the next spring or the next uh, summer. So I mean, it, that's how quick this stuff can turn. Um, I think Aiden has the potential to really uh, put himself on the map uh, for the decision makers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting to see who else takes that step. I, you know, I, mean, I think a guy like Aiden Smith could be in that mix. Yeah. Um, Braden Sharp, who yeah. recently committed to Tennessee. Um, and then maybe even a guy like Gavin Jones. Um, yeah, so, I'm excited I mean, for that one. Yeah. So, I mean, it, there's, there's a long list of guys. I know that you're a big Zane Adams guy. Um, oh yeah. And I'm excited to see him in person, but man, it's, it's a long list of guys. And I was kind of uh, scaling the rosters um, for, for some of the other teams and put together a list of kids that uh, aren't from Texas that are going to Texas schools for college. So that was kind of interesting. But one thing I thought was super interesting as you're going through the different teams and for the most part, they're geographically situated in a yeah. certain area um, with a few wild cards here. And there I do, I do appreciate teams. that the nationals are like, we're a national team. <laughs> like good yeah, guy from yeah. all over the place. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it's really interesting to see because like, there's a couple teams that, you know, like Vanderbilt is a national brand. Like they, mm-hmm. they have pockets all over the place. But then there's some teams that you wouldn't think that just kind of go to certain areas and just kill it. Um, you know, Oregon does a really good job in California. Yep. Um, there's there's some really interesting ones that kind of uh, cherry pick the Northeast. You know, Vanderbilt was the first one that I really remember doing that a lot. But you're starting to see some other SEC teams kind of creep up there. Um, and then Tennessee is very national. Um, they They've have, been coming to they, Texas a lot recently. They've got a couple that we'll mention later out of Texas. Uh, they've got some kids from Arizona, California, mm-hmm. uh, Colorado, and they're they're just kind of. I mean, they just they just seek them out. They don't care where you're from. They just take the best guys in their opinion. Yeah. So I, I feel um, like a program is, that's always been pretty good at that is is TCU. I feel like they always have some California or Arizona guys or, or they like do. a random yeah. Ohio Indiana guy or something like that. Yeah, they they are in that list. They have two guys from Arizona committed. Um, but you see, it's going to be interesting. You know, you see some of these. I mean, I imagine they'll still kind of um, be active in that area in California with TJ Bruce being hired now. Um, you know, Kirk Sarlus obviously has the roots in California, and Bill Mozello had a lot too. Uh, but I think they'll stay pretty pretty active on the West Coast. 
Um, Texas has four out of state guys, three from yep. California, one from Wisconsin. A and M has a couple, yep. um, couple California, one Pennsylvania. So it's it, and a it's Colorado guy we'll talk about. Yeah. Yeah. So they've been, they've been going all over the place looking for guys and it's just interesting to see, Um, you know, and I think it'll, I think it'll change a lot more now too uh, with the thought that they're going to be moving to full scholarships um, Mm -hmm. at least in some of the power five conferences. But if that happens, you're going to see a lot more national recruiting. Oh yeah, Um, You're not having to really manage the difference between public and or in and out of state, excuse me, um, when it comes to that. So it's that that'll I think that'll continue to change um, over the next couple of years, too. So it'll be interesting to kind of monitor that as we go. Yeah, yeah, that that element would um, would definitely start to make baseball recruiting feel kind of more like football recruiting from a yeah. um, national standpoint. But um, yeah, the, t- the text like are we calling that the, the Pete Hansen pipeline or? Like was was it was he the first one that kind of the floodgates kind of opened after him? I feel like. Well, we you know I because Texas always a, gone out there a little bit, but like I feel yeah. like when when he joined the mix, it was like you started to kind of see a bunch of guys join the mix. Um. Yeah, I think that helped. Um. You know, obviously the the Augie Greedo factor. Yeah. Um, that played heavily for a long time. Uh, you know, and then obviously the Tulo factor played a huge part in the California thing. I think, I think the Tulo thing, uh, really, you know, Pete, Pete was good. Um, you know, Pete had, was a recognizable name from Northern California. Yeah. Um, Wasn't he a team USA guy? No, I don't think so. Or maybe it was, um, there was a team but, USA guy that kind of the, well, like, we had, got a bunch of other was, team USA guys. Carson Tucker was okay. Arizona was Arizona, but he was the one that was kind of the ringleader in that class that had like Petey Halpin yeah. and um, Lucas Gordon, and Lucas Gordon and um, uh, Jared Jones uh, was another one. So that, that was all that first fall that Tula was there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, that was, that, that was a, a, an automatic connection that he made out there. And you know, that those kids, you know, I mean, I think that's the thing is that's why, when people ask, Oh, why do you waste your time, you know, recruiting a guy that, you know, that is probably going to sign. It's like, well, number one, you never know. And two, um, just building that pipeline and getting kids yep. thinking in that mold yep. and be like, Oh man, maybe I should check out. Especially Texas, when they Texas go to, event, they or, go to events like this and it's like, yep. you're on a, you're like, Oh wait, that, that kid's committed to, Oh, okay. Uh, especially yep. now, like we talked about this, there's going to be more guys that play in this that end up in school than they, that would have three years ago, five years ago, yeah. 10 years ago. Like it's, it's different now, you know, there's, it's the, the amount of guys that end up, you know, for lack of a better term, pricing themselves to school or want to go to college or, or whatever. like it's, you know, there's more and more talent in there. So it's, it's not like, you know, unless you're a, uh, um, who's my man from, for the, for the White Sox. If less you're a Max Clark, you yeah. I'm, I'm fired up to see because he's, you know, the consensus top, top high school prospect in the country. Um, he's a uh, outfielder from Indiana committed to Vanderbilt. Like, unless you're getting like a Max Clark type where, you know, like, okay. Yeah. Like it, it, like it's probably about as likely as an asteroid hitting that he's going to end up at Vanderbilt. Um, but those next tier of guys, we're going to see a ton of them out here. Like those guys are more likely to end up, um, at school now. So it's, it's, it's exciting for college baseball. Um, you know, it just seems like more and more talents, um, heading into there, but, um, looking back at this, this Rangers 2023 roster, a lot of these guys, we've been fortunate to get some eyes on already, especially, um, some of those, you mentioned Zane Adams. I could go see him at the, the Texas Scouts Association, um, prospects all-star game I mean his arrow is pointing it way up in terms of being a, a premier left-handed pitcher um, not just in Texas but maybe the nation as well um, Alex Solis I think this is a great opportunity for a guy like him because he's West Laco East and let's be honest it's it's a more it's a difficult place to get um, for scouts not difficult from the standpoint of it's hard to get there but it's just you don't often make those trips when there's so much more talent in Houston, Dallas, and, and whatever it is. So um, I think he's got a chance to go out there and be a guy that's like, okay, we're going to make, we're going to have to make some, some trips down there to see him 
um, this year because he was really good at the TSA game um, that I saw recently. But you mentioned Gavin Jones. Like, there's there's going to be an arm that comes out of this that's created a lot of buzz, and, and we know how good Barrett Kent is. I'd, I'd be surprised if he's um, he's not one of those guys. And obviously, I mean, you know, Travis Sakura is going to be so much fun to watch, um, and he's firmly established himself as as one of the best um, prep pitchers uh, in the country. But there'll be another arm that comes out of this. Um, you know, Neomar Ochoa Jr., really intriguing two-way guy from Galena Park, who was up to 94 recently, um, looks great. Um, he's a guy that, unlike you, he'll want them to announce his his height and weight <laughs> over the loudspeaker. Like like 6'4", I think 209, um, hasn't filled out all the way, young for his, his, uh, his class. Um, you know, he's kind of similar, not quite to the Aiden Howard level, I think, but kind of similar in that, man, there's a lot to like about the long-term potential of these guys, especially how they look physically. But, uh, you know, last year, Mason Bixby was on the underclass team was a guy that was like, Whoa, like we got to, okay. Even though we're not focusing on his class, we're writing this name down for the future. And I'm excited to get, uh, another look at him. Uh, Jackson Brousseau is the guy that I think people, uh, left-handed pitcher, two-way guy, but more of a left-handed pitcher in terms of prospect status. Uh, a guy that I think people think is capable of making a jump. So there's, there's all, there are always pitcher. There's always like seems like one pitcher that comes out of this. Um, you get really, really excited about. Oh man, we've got to follow this guy. The arrow is really, really pointing up um, in the future. But um, yeah, fun group, and and you know, it's it'll be especially fun to see guys like Blake Mitchell and Travis Sikora when you're able to kind of your eyes stack them up against other guys at, at that level, that, that yeah. really, really top tier level, because, you know, Blake Mitchell is, is he's going to battle fair or not the whole, you don't really see prep catchers drafted very high in the first round thing because the track record hasn't been very good. I'd argue that he's different than almost every one of those guys that's been drafted just because he'd be a day one guy as a pitcher. He could play shortstop. He could play outfield. He could play first. Uh, whatever it is, but like seeing those guys against some other guys at that level um, and seeing a, a hitter like that against premier pitching, if he goes there and hits and hits with a little bit of power, oh man, there's going to be GMs and scouting directors just, just fired up about this guy uh, for the upcoming season. Well, one, one kind of underrated thing is I'm excited that it's on grass. Yeah. Cause it, it if you can field on grass, you can field. Right. And that's, that's going to be the thing that, you know, that I think a lot with the prevalence of turf fields, which are great for so many reasons, just operationally, you know, maintenance time wise. Yeah. It makes so much sense for there to be so many turf fields at the high school and college level, um, you know, from a time standpoint and running camps and all that kind of stuff. But um, seeing guys feel the ball on, on grass is just different. Yeah. Or on dirt, on dirt is just different, and it, so that'll be that'll be kind of an underrated thing that I, I like to see. Um, um, and it may take some adjustment for some of these guys. Like, sure, you know, I, I I'm excited to see how some of these guys uh, respond because some of them aren't going to do well, mm-hmm. and a lot of people are going to be paying attention to how they react if mm-hmm. things go poorly in the first game or two. Um, I had an awful outing my first time and, you know, it was, you know, after I talked myself off a ledge, uh, you know, over the next couple of days was able to come back and have a good, a, a good outing to close it out. Um, but you know, s- some people, some people don't do that and it, yeah. it's, you know, and if, and if you can show that you're not flustered and you go play good defense and you continue to run hard and carry yourself well, and you know, these, these people, this is why we talk about getting to see guys live being so important is because those decision makers aren't just going to be watching what you do at the plate. They want to see how you go back to the dugout, how you interact with teammates, how you carry yourself. Do guys respond to you? Are you the top step guy? Like stuff like that. Um, And for some of these guys, you know, when you're talking about first round draft picks, you're obviously talking about a lot of talent to choose from. And this kind of stuff can be the separator for yeah. a lot of guys in, in certain evaluators minds. Um, you know, some people go strictly by the numbers, but some are still looking at some of the old school stuff, more of the intangible, um, you know, stuff that you can't measure, you mm-hmm. know, and, you know, if you're looking for a person that's the face of your franchise, um, that's stuff that can be weighed heavily. Yeah. 
Yeah, if you're going to write a seven-figure check for some of these guys out of high school, they got to feel good about your ability to handle that and to handle the failures that are going to inevitably come with um, playing professional baseball. Uh, Because guess what? Like, best hitters on the planet, uh, they slump, you know. You know, there's there's going to be guys that have phenomenal tools that go out here and have a few bad games, you know, but that's going to happen. Um, you know, how you handle that. Yeah, it's, it's a great point. Like when you're stacked up against this level of competition uh, and this level of talent, both on your roster and against your opposition, that's the th- sort of thing that can stick out, you know, in a good or bad way. You know, how, how you handle that. Um, you know, you could go have a subpar statistical week, but um, you know, those, those scouts that coach your team, um, if they, they can be like, man, this guy, great teammate, um, super upbeat. Um, the makeup was really, really good. Like, like those are the types of things that will stick with them um, more so than maybe the, the few Oh, for four games that you had when you struck out once or twice and, and ground out it out a couple of times, like they'll still have an opportunity to believe in you. So, the grass thing is a great point because I think it's, you know, for guys like Jack Bell, um, who I think has got a chance to be one of the better defenders in the state and uh, a Drew Markle, who's a guy that, you know, could play in the infield. Maybe he grows into the outfield. Like, um, you know, if he goes out there and and plays really well defensively on the dirt, that's, that's going to really help him out as well. And in in terms of a guy that scouts going to take a close look at, um, you know, a TJ Pompey, who we know we're, we're really high on what he can do defensively. Um, I hope we get to see him pitch. Um, you know, that would. I, yeah, I, I saw know. that. I was curious. I saw him listed as an infielder, but yeah, I would I would be very sad if he didn't get to at least get up there for an inning. Just um, an inning. Yeah. Just 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 let it hang loose for an inning. Um, you know, I if I were an infielder, I'd want to do that because it, it's it's a great way to get an arm strength grade. You know, like if yeah. you get on the mound and throw 94, scouts can be like, well, let's 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 throw a aggressive grade um, on the infield arm as well, because we've seen it seen it there. So um, it's going to be super fun. Like, you know, I've actually like you've seen this guy. I've, I've never seen MJ say in person. Yeah. Um, I feel like I've seen, you know, I, I have of, not video. I have never not seen, him seen in person. I have not seen MJ in person. You haven't. Oh, have you seen, his I have brother? not. I've seen Minjay, but I was on the underclass MJ. team as a 2025 guy. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, you want to talk about those 24s and 25s a little yeah, bit? Yeah. Yeah. The underclass group, which, um, is it's exciting because we know less about them yep. than we do the 23 guys. Um, although we've, we've been fortunate to have seen a lot of these guys recently. I mean, I'm going through the list here. Um, I'm trying to think, is there, let's see, I'm trying to think, okay. I've seen, let's see, going alphabetically, we've seen everybody through Hickerson. Um, I, have you seen hog David hog? No. Dante Lewis. No, those are the two I'm really excited about. Okay. So I've seen. Millet, Paws, Phillips, Sanford, yep. Scott, yep. Minjay, yep. Shed, Sims, Stribling, Tobin. You've seen Tracy and yes. you've seen Nolan Traeger. So the only yes. two we haven't seen are Hogg and Lewis. How about that? Um, yeah. That's so pretty that's, impressive. But yeah, it's good for me. I get some of these DFW guys um, that yeah. you guys get to get to hog up there. Um which will, which will no, uh, again, no pun intended. No, no pun intended. One I'm G, just, one G. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm just full of them today. We are, we're full of them today. But, um, yeah, I, it's, uh, it's, it's going to be a, a few 2025 guys on here who are just absolute yeah. dudes. Well, and Dante Lewis is a big quarterback prospect too. Um, He's you know, we, super, super interesting. Like yeah. pitcher, hitter, athlete projection uh it's he's super super interesting i'm i'm especially excited to see him because i think the tools are really really loud and he's yeah he had a a good summer but um we've seen that we saw this guy recently but man uh, wyatt sanford to me could be the guy that that coming out of this people are like oh boy you you better get ready for wyatt sanford um next year when it comes time for this draft class to really come into focus he's just like physically tools run times performance like check the boxes man it's uh 
he looks like he's going to be a monster prospect. I'd be surprised if we don't come out of this um, saying, yeah, that, that, that guy established himself as a premier national talent on this stage. Yeah. There, I mean, it, the, the list is loaded. Um, Are you surprised we've gotten this far into the list and I haven't mentioned case and Cunningham yet? Uh, yes, I am. <laughs> I figured, I figured you would have him in the Padres lineup already. Um, when we were talking about that, but I mean, uh, Juan Soto, Casey Cunningham, kind of the same thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, that's how you view him. I know you talk <laughs> about him with the same twinkle in your eyes. Uh, one guy that I really like and that we had at one of our academic tryouts, uh, Nathan Tobin from yeah Eaton can really run. Um, I'm a big fan of his. Um, he is, this could be some, an event for him where he really takes that next step mm-hmm. on in the recruiting process. Um, I know he's had some offers uh, already and uh, but this is an event that could really springboard him. I'm a, I'm a big fan of his. Um, yep. Just, just like the kid, he's an awesome kid. And um, you can tell he loves playing the game. Uh, Hagen shed was one of, one of our, uh, one of our events, one of our really intriguing two way guy. Yeah. 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 Not just a two way guy, like infield and outfield. I, I think he's yeah. listed as an outfield on the roster, but he, I saw him at short in the pudge. Um, it, it was really interesting at shortstop too, but yeah, another uncommitted guy. Yeah. Um, Jack Higgerson. Um, he reminds me of Eddie Deggerman from rice. He's got a kind of unorthodox delivery, um, but it's funky and it works. Um, it's, it's tough. It's an uncomfortable at bat for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Billings, we've talked about at length pause. We've talked about at length. Um, you know, we've seen millet, you know, I'm curious to see how millet performs, um, big stuff on the mound, but he can really hit. I don't think people know how, how good of a hitter he is. Mm -hmm. Um, Matt Scott had a monster tournament, um, in the, uh, in the pudge. Yep. Um, let's see who else, uh, yeah, I mean that's it, the the list is loaded. I'm I'm excited for some of these guys. You know, and we got I got to see Minjay throw against that Prestonwood team, and uh, they got behind, and he was um, pressing a little bit. So it'll be interesting to see him against guys closer to his age. Um, you know, he had a good year for for uh, JP two on the mound as a freshman this year, and so it'll be interesting to see how they um um how they handle that. So it'll yeah. be it'll and, be good stuff. And to your point earlier. Vanderbilt's got one, two, three commits on this list. No, three yeah. Texas guys with Bristow, DePaulo, and um, M- MJ Sayal. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's you know, Tennessee's got – Minjay. Like, Minjay, excuse me. Um, Tennessee's got a guy on here. Or Billings is Tennessee, right? Yep. So, yep. so they got two guys on there. Um, yeah. Aaron Bide is, is now an LSU commit. Uh, so yeah, I mean, just a lot of national programs. I mean, unsurprisingly, are, are are going into Texas and getting a lot of early commitments there. But um, but Bra- yeah. Braden Bergman uh, was a a good early pickup for Baylor. He's um, been throwing really hard, hard like all yeah. summer. Like it wasn't yeah. just a short stint. He he bumped a ninety three in in two inning outing type of thing. It's been consistent production all all summer long and he's a two-way guy right isn't he uh yeah i think i'm mean, yeah i'm pretty yeah. sure i mean he's known known for his his velo uh, yeah but, i mean he's that's a like i said that's a good early get for the, for the new baylor staff oh sure. huge he's a he's a, huge. he's a guy that can be a, a you know ringleader bell cow type uh-huh um for for that class for sure mm-hmm. yeah and uh you know jordan stribling has huge stuff and huge upside yeah. um if, if the strikes come on, you know, if he's a guy that goes out there and throws a ton of strikes, that's, that's going to be a guy that could really, really help himself there. Um, yeah. H- just- H- Hudson Ematerio. Um, he's, he's another guy. I got to see him uh, throw early in the season against um, he was throwing against uh, Hickerson or Hickerson's team. Didn't go oh, wow. who had some other players. Yeah. So um, I- I'm excited to see, get another look at him. He had a good, he threw a really good change up the day I was there, but mm-hmm. yeah, intriguing arm. So yeah, there'll be a lot more college coaches at the, at the underclass stuff because typically mm-hmm. with those 23 guys, there's not many guys that show up um, uncommitted. Um, there'll be a few, 
I think Cyrus Arduan was a guy that was uncommitted at area code and then committed to Texas, I think, shortly after that. Um, so there'll, there'll be a few, but the college coaches will really be bearing down on those on those underclass guys. Um, but yeah, it'll be exciting to see this this group perform, um, you know, who kind of stands out because these guys are less ex- have been less exposed to that level of just like atmosphere competition um, than those older guys that have kind of gone through the, the circuit for a little bit. Some of those guys are at PDP and, and national events and everything else. Whereas these underclass guys haven't been as, as exposed to that sort of thing, but uh, excited to see those guys. It's going to be great for us when we sit down and, and tackle our 2024 list. Um, and, the, and the main reason why we haven't updated our 2023 list yet, even though it's outdated, is we wanted to see the Mattingly and we had a we had a hunch that we'd, we would be going out to cover this. And it would have been silly to update that list before the Mattingly right. or before area code. It just wouldn't have made any sense. So just like it would be silly to have a 2024 list uh, before um, the pudge and, and before area code. So uh, excited to see those guys um, from a, from a national perspective. Um, I kind of went through you. You went through and kind of tracked a lot of the uh, the Texas interest in terms of the commitments and things like that. Um, I went through and, and from a draft twenty twenty three draft perspective, draft perspective um, went down and, and, and saw some guys there. But um, before you get into your your uh, your Texas connection stuff, we were talking before we came on here about. Um, that Brewers team, the Southern California team, and oh boy, a uh, lot of lot of guys, a uh, lot of guys on on the prospect list for sure. Um, on that on that Brewers team, uh, just in unsurprisingly Southern California, but you know guys like Eric Batoni, um, who is is not even going to be 18 years old when the draft comes around next year. So um, keep that in mind when we see him roll up with a really physical frame. And um, that'll be fun because like the, the Rangers team will play all these other teams. So even if we just watch the Texas team, we're going to see all the national teams as well. Although I, I, I mean, I'm going to want to watch as, as many games as I possibly can, but um, you know, will Gasparino a Texas commitment, um, yeah. the son of, of uh, Dodgers scouting director, um, Billy. Billy Gasparino. Um, but there's, I mean, that team is just Nolan uh, Salzo is a Hawaii guy who I believe is the older brother of Jace, who played on the 2024 Hawaii team that we saw at the Pudge, ended up committing to Texas Tech. Texas Tech, unsurprisingly, had a bunch of assistant coaches at that event and saw him really swing the bat well, um, and grabbed his, his commitment, but um. He's a uh, like a standout draft prospect. I think he's number he's number eighteen on Kalia McDaniel's uh, early twenty twenty three draft list, and that's not just high school guys; that's high school and college guys. So, uh, a big big talent there that's going to be uh, that's that's going to be on that Brewers team. But um, that Brewers team is loaded. Unsurprisingly, when you when you're able to claim Southern California um, as your well, ground to to recruit those guys. Well, it's funny. It's funny because, you know, you have to, the state of California has so many good players that they have to have split it up. Two, into yeah, two. Right. Yeah. And that's what, you know, it's, it's almost like Texas because Texas has a predominantly Texas team with the Rangers, but then you also see a bunch of guys sprinkled in and out through yep. other teams. Like usually the Reds, the nationals even saw, I think uh, James L wangers on the, um, on the, uh, Yankees team so I think I'm glad that they don't limit it to that but yeah it, it is interesting to see like I mean there's so many I mean like you think about you both of those California teams are loaded so I don't know, yeah yeah I mean it's and it's I mean the, the event is in California so there everybody that's anybody in California is probably going to play in it but um yeah it's uh that state just just is absolutely loaded and um, not as many Florida guys. There's there's a lot of Florida guys on that Nationals roster, but because East Coast Pro is kind of the, it's different, but it's kind of the equivalent in terms of um, hype in, in the scouting industry and things like that. A lot of those guys end up just playing that and don't fly across the country a couple of days later to go play um, in in the in the area code game. But uh, Michael Mayhew, a guy from Texas, uh, goes to uh, Central Catholic. Um, He's, he's on that Nationals roster. And I think this is the second yeah. time he's been an area code guy. And um, I saw him at the, the TSA All-Star game 
it's big raw power. Like it's, I, I bet he puts on a show um, in batting practice and an un- I think he's still uncommitted. So that's, that's going to be, you know, one of those few uncommitted guys in 2023 that, that some college coaches are, are going to get a look at. And I bet he comes out of this with, with a lot of options there because anytime you got a guy with a lot of raw power, um, you know, there's, that usually gets a lot of the, a lot of college attention, a lot of uh, scouting attention as well. But I mentioned Max Clark from that White Sox team. I mean, that's going to be fun to watch. Dylan Head is also a really big-time talent um, on that White Sox team as well. Uh, but, yeah, the California teams are loaded. Um, you know, Charlie Soto, right-handed pitcher for the Nationals team, is a big-time scouting guy. George Lombard, uh, shortstop. Anytime I see a shortstop from the Miami area that's really <laughs> high rated, it gets me excited because those guys usually just, like, they have like a unique skill that I think just kind of happens. Like they just, it just looks a little different. The actions look a little cleaner, a little more fun, a little more crisp. Uh, You know, there's usually guys that have a lot of really good tools down there. Justin best on that nationals team is a center fielder, middle of the diamond guy. That's got some really interesting tools as well. Um, But yeah, just the the list goes on and on and on um, with, with really good players. Um, But some, some Texas could like Texas, college commitments are on a lot of these national rosters. Yeah. I mean, like we mentioned, uh, Brett Antelik is from Hazleton, Pennsylvania, Casey Borba, Orange Lutheran, Texas commit. Uh, Brett Antelik is an AM commit. Will Gasparino, you mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, Texas commit. Gavin Grahovec, Texas AM commit from California. Evan Miranda, Orange Lutheran, California, Texas commit. Miles Naylor from Canada, Texas Tech commit. Uh, Robert Orlowski from right-handed pitcher from Middleton, Idaho from UT as a UTSA commit. Shout um, out to UTSA. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Carl Schmidt, Marin Catholic, California, Texas A&M commit. Cole Selvig, uh, right-handed pitcher from Wisconsin is a Texas commit. Um, and Josh Tiedemann and Zach Wattis, Wattis, uh, I think it's Wattis from, uh, both from Hamilton High School in Arizona or TCU commits. So uh, pretty interesting stuff when you look at it. But um, I'm interested to see some guys that we don't know anything about that are uncommitted because there, there's actually a few more uncommitted kids than I was expecting for the 23 group. Um, and then the 24 group's just going to be like showing up without knowing much outside of the Texas uh, Texas group and just seeing who, show, who, who, who stands out, which will be fun too. Yeah, yeah. It's, all, it's fun to kind of – um, go into some stuff without any sort of predetermined bias at all and just let the guys kind of stand out to you um, from that standpoint. That's, that's, uh, that's, that's a fun way to go into it. It's, it's sometimes it's better to not know anything at all about some of the guys you go sit on and cause you don't, you're not showing up with, with any sort of expectations or anything like that. But um, well, wrapping up here, let's go through some of the, uh, the recent recruiting news that's happened around, around the state of Texas, a lot of, a lot of big names um, pulling the trigger. Um, You know, we mentioned Braden Sharp early on committing to Tennessee was a one-time Baylor commitment. That coaching change happened. Uh, Tennessee um, swooped in and and got him. He's a guy that we're going to see out here at this event. Um, I'm excited to see him. I saw him at the 95 miles an hour during the high school season in the playoffs. It was 89 to 91 looked a little tired understandably so um, that, that time of year, um, but excited two way guy, but um, I, I think his, his prospect status is a little higher as a pitcher, but a, a really good get for Tennessee. And another guy we'll see out here, Max Stanley from Colorado, who I thought I didn't see every pitcher at, at the Mattingly, but among the guys I saw, he was the best pitching prospect that I saw. And who was that? The Mattingly sitting there watching a bunch of games uh, Jim Schlossnagel, and yep. uh, he ends up being a, a Texas A&M commitment uh, pretty soon after that. Uh, excited to see him out at area code. Hopefully he makes me look smart because uh, I think the guy's got, he's got really, really big upside. Um, and, and another Tennessee guy in the 2024 class, Ryler Smart, um, looks like a big time arm on the mound from the left side. Uh, certainly a guy that that's, yeah. that's going to be in the mix as one of the top left-handed pitchers. Um, in that class as well. 
Yeah, no, he that that was a big get for Tennessee. Um, Frank Anderson did a good job with that one. Um, you know, I know he, he Ryler plays for Chris Edelstein and Linty Ingram with the five star mm-hmm. um, group, and man, they, they do a good job. They've had a really good summer. That um, team's gonna have a lot of guys, not yeah. just commit, but like there's gonna be a lot of guys that have really good college careers or 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 big pro guys out of that group. They were loaded. Yeah, they've got a good mix of guys that are both prospects and yeah. baseball players. Yeah. Um, and that's a credit to Chris and Linty and the job they do um, with the five-star organization. I mean, they they just have guys that are gutsy, tough uh, players that, you know, that win ball games. Yeah. Um, and I know they were shorthanded at some – I think it was the perfect game that, event that they were at recently. And they found a way, their way into the championship game. Um in a long tournament. I think it was the one in Atlanta, but they, they did a, they did a good job um, battling all the way through on that one. And, you know, it's funny when you see some of the, some of the videos from those events and it's like, you can tell it's like really late at night. Cause I know they had some rain and, you know, they, they had a big win and it just kind of brings you back to some of those. Whoa, events whoa, what what is this rain thing? What is, what is that? <laughs> foreign, foreign to Texas, but uh, occasionally, uh, or typically it is actually pretty prevalent in Atlanta. It waits, oh, okay. it, it waits for um, baseball tournaments. Okay. Um, and yeah, it, it's just, it, it, I remember when I was in Texas, like, you know, we'd have coaches out in Atlanta and it was just like, might as well throw that first iteration of the schedule out because yep. it's going to get, you're going to get moved and you're going to be going all over the place. So almost better to go out there not having a plan sometimes. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it can be tough for sure. So, uh, but yeah, no, it was, you, you could tell they, it just felt from the clip, they had a walk-off, I think, and I don't know if it was the semifinals, but it was late in the tournament. And you could tell that it was like late at night and just, um, you know, just kind of, you, you could just feel that it was like a gutsy win. That's just what it felt like watching a single clip, but yeah. Um, but yeah, ultimately those guys do a good job. That was a big pickup for Tennessee with Ryler smart. Um, but yeah, so it's, you know, one of, you know, I guess, shoot, they've got arguably the best 23 and 22 lefty in the state of Texas. Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah. They, they've, they've kind of cornered the market on that. Um, you know, Braden Sharp and Zane Adams, uh, uh, those two guys, I think have kind of separated themselves in terms of left handed arms in the 23 class. A um, couple more commitments. Um, I don't think we talked about uh, D Kennedy last time. I think that happened after the podcast, but Texas commitment. Another guy we'll see out in San Diego. Athletic. It's uh, six five or six six sixty. Um, so it's you know the speed is plus. I think that he's probably a second baseman or a center fielder in, in the future. Um, he'll probably play shortstop from his for his high school team this year. Quick, compact swing. Um, I think it's got a chance to really translate. Um, you know, he's one of those guys that I think has got a chance to emerge as a as a real hitter. Um, an event like this, you know, goes out and performs really well at the bat. He's going to be a guy that's, that's followed closely there, but uh, a good, a good get for Texas. Uh, he was one of the, him and Jack Bell were the two kind of still uncommitted position players in the class. And they both recently committed. Well, Jack Bell was an Arizona state commitment was uncommitted. And then Texas A&M again um, goes and gets Jack Bell. I mean, you know, Texas A&M at the Mattingly Jack Bell was really, really good there. Um, becomes a Texas A&M commitment after that. Um, one of my f- absolute favorites in the 2023 class, Clayton Freshcorn, committed to McLennan. I think that he's going to throw really, really hard sooner than later. It's one of the fastest uh, arms in the class. It's it's loose. It's quick. It's one of those kind of infield-ish type really quick arm actions and athletic simple deliveries on the mound. That's a huge get for McLennan. Um, and McLennan wasn't done. I mean, we talked about how, you know, Juco programs are starting to reel in some of these, these you know, definite D1 guys. Caden Mitchell is another one of those guys. Uh, was at one point committed to Illinois. A catcher from that Dallas Tigers program was Salina as well. Salina High School, He's he committed to McLennan. Um, had a great Mattingly with the bat. I mean, just really hit the ball well. Um, and his skill behind the plate looked, looked like it improved a little bit as well. And, and we know Tyler Johnson knows catchers. Yeah. Um, and that's a good place for, for catchers to go for sure. Um, so he's another one. And then uh, 
Uh, Samson Pugh, a do-it-all, just gamer, ball player. Um, I think he's been up to like 92 on the mound. Um, can play all in the infield, can play in the outfield. He's hit, he's performed. Uh, he commits to Texas State. I think that's a fantastic one of, one of our original hair guys. Yes, yes, definitely uh, an original team hair guy uh, for sure. He'd, he'd definitely be one of the ringleaders of that group. Um, really great get for Texas State. Um, just a guy that's that's he's going to find a way to make an impact at the next level because part of the reason why is because you can play him at third, you can play him at second, you can play him in the outfield. Maybe he pitches a bullpen inning or two here or there. Um, he can play short in a pinch if you just need a guy there. So um, a good guy to bet on the next level for sure. And then DBU getting a couple guys. Yeah, they had a big day. Uh, it sounds like they had some sort of recruiting event and picked up a couple big uh, 24s, Park Prater, um, left-handed pitcher, outfielder from Argyle, and then mm-hmm. Cooper Powell. Um, so a couple big pickups for them recently. And you can tell Cliff Pennington's been out out in the ballot on the trail um, and has done a, done a really good job. And they've, it seems like they've made a little bit of a shift in their recruiting. They're being a lot more aggressive earlier. Um, and I think playing off of that super regional run yeah. last year um, has, you know, gained them some notoriety and they're really uh, ramping up their efforts um, and doing a good job. Yeah. So, I mean, it, they're starting to get some big name guys, yeah. you know, I mean, they're starting to get some area code type players and, you know, they the got two of them. Is, yeah. Yeah, so the future is very bright at DBU for the Patriots for sure. Yeah, they're they're a good example, and and they're not the only one. Um, but the they're a good example of they know what they value. Yep. When they go out and evaluate, and if if a guy fits that, they're not going to hesitate to take a chance. I do wonder if if the DBU um, recruiting staff is going to like try to make sure Aiden Howard's flights like just don't happen to San Diego, like. <laughs> Like, hey, man, like, sorry, your flight get canceled for the 17th time. Maybe just stay home and, you know, take the week off and and uh, and that sort of thing. So, uh, yeah, you have a required uh, year early orientation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. In the middle of the tournament. So, yeah. Sorry. Sorry, bud. Uh, this thing just popped up on your schedule there. Um, hate for you to have to miss this event uh, before we wrap up here. Any any non baseball uh, things you're looking forward to? Um um i don't know we're gonna spend so much i mean we're we're gonna be we're gonna be living at the university of san diego yeah 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 so that um i mean i i will get to see my sister-in-law um brother-in-law brother-in-law is a navy seal uh stationed out of san diego but he is overseas um so we'll get to see her and our uh our other sister-in-law had a baby yesterday so or oh wow two days ago so wow can I, yeah. can I tell you, can I tell you one thing I'm really looking forward to? Yeah, please do. I'm looking forward to how fast you eat one of those California style burritos. Oh, well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to see, don't last long. I can't wait. Cause those things are like, like bigger than my forearm. Okay. Like they're huge. And I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to, I'm going to get the stopwatch out and I'm, I'm going to see how fast you crushed one of those. Challenge accepted. How, how many, how many, uh, are you a big burrito guy? Yeah. I like burritos. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cause I feel like that's one of those when in Rome things out there is you've got to have at least one like really good one. Um, and that's probably all your, well, that's probably all my body can handle. I don't, I know yours operates a little bit differently, but, um, yeah, that's, uh, the food out there is, is great. And it's kind of, um, it's similar to what we get in Texas, but it's also different too. I mean, there'll be a lot of like fresh seafood type stuff. That's, um, you know, being close to Pacific, you get out there that you don't always get down here, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, to seeing you crush a burrito. Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to crushing it. <laughs> Do you have any places picked out? Like, are there any? Because you've been out there before. Yeah. I mean, so have I. Oh, but... Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I've got some. I I've got some some spots. I need to do a little advanced scouting on. Yeah. Uh, on the Padres get on Google ball, Maps and figure out on where the Padres ballpark. Well, we're gonna have some locals, you know, guiding us around a little bit. So true. Yeah, and one thing yeah. about Petco too is they do a phenomenal job of like including local stuff. 
Yeah. You know, it's one of the things like I love Fenway, but God, their selections for that stuff are terrible. There's nothing yeah. really, really unique about it. Um, Seattle's another one that does a really good job um, with that. Uh, Minute Maid too. Um, but yeah, that's, that's one of the cool things about Petco is like, it's like you're in, like it's, it's authentic to where you are as opposed to just a bunch of generic stuff. So, uh, well, we've talked enough, but, um, you could probably hear it in our voices or see it in our faces. We're definitely excited to, uh, to get out there. And it's not for me just because I'll be leaving two kids. Um, you know, that's, <laughs> that's not, that's not the only reason why I'm excited down of the year. To, to go to go out there we'll see what kind of doghouse i'm in when i get back but um it'll it'll be fun this is always an event i've I'll, i've always wanted to go to and i've never been able to um so I'm, I'm really fired up to go out there but make sure you follow all of our coverage both podcasts five at five tool pod uh, but just in general like the west um world series is going on right now in california there's been some great video stuff and player performances from that already so make sure you're following us um, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, on TikTok, um, just following all of their coverage all over the place. But um, we're, we're fired up to get out there next week and uh, really provide, provide you um, some unique coverage um, about all these guys that are playing out there, not just from the Texas teams, but some of those national teams as well. So uh, with that, thanks for tuning in. We, we crossed 25,000 downloads this past week. Thank you so much for, for listening and uh, entertaining us and uh, with, with uh, actually listening to us. We didn't really know how many people were going to tune in and listen when we first started doing this thing. But um, so many people just kind of, you know, grab us at events. Hey, man, I appreciate the podcast and this and that. And it's uh, we really appreciate the feedback and, and knowing that people are tuning in. And uh, once the summer season winds down, we'll kind of get back into that mode where it's a lot of, you know, kind of recruiting talk and things like that. Um, just try to help people kind of get through that process as best they can. But uh, until we talk to y'all next time, which will be from sunny and not as hot San Diego, um, have a good, good rest of the week. Have a good weekend and take care.